And we're going to begin looking at chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. experience that it's good to know God. It's good to have experienced his favor upon our lives. It's good to give thanks to the Lord for his continued abundance that has been poured out upon us. Most of us, I'm sure, could say that God's goodness has overflowed indeed upon our lives in many, many ways this past uh, particular year. And it's this Thanksgiving season as we call it, that's very similar to many of the Thanksgiving celebrations throughout the Old Testament scriptures. Many of the offerings were known as thank offerings. They were called uh, fellowship offerings. They were also known as these wave offerings in which the people of God came together 
to celebrate especially for the goodness of God. And these were many times at the end of the various harvest cycles in which the people of God came to rejoice that God had blessed them with such an abundance. Now, in an agricultural world, you can realize that Thanksgiving would obviously be, or those uh, feasts and holidays would be centered around the growing season, but so is our Thanksgiving holiday as we acknowledge the favor that God has put upon us in, in the beginning and founding of a nation, and yet it continues uh, on, and we trust that your families had opportunity to express your gratitude, the thanks for all that God has done in uh, the past year. Uh, as we look at these scriptures and we, we recognize this, this uh, opportunity to give thanks to God, we know that God is delighted when his people praise him. God is, is excited when you and I offer to him expressions of gratefulness for his, his favor, his love, his goodness uh, poured out upon us. And we trust that uh, we recognize there's something about setting aside a particular time. It's something about setting aside a way that you express that in the traditions of your home or the expressions of your family get together. God delights that he gets credit for all the good things that he has done in his name. He is delighted in those times we worship him, those times we bless his holy name, the ways that we express saying, thank you, God, for your goodness. Not only is it, it good and proper and delightful to give God praise for all that he has done, but giving thanks is also a means that protects the heart. We all know that our hearts are, are capable of forgetting about God's goodness. We get uh, uh, a little bit out of direction. We get a little bit out of focus. And it's the coming together, giving thanks, that brings once again a realignment or a refocus of our lives before God. It's a safeguard. It brings stability in our relationship with God as well. And uh, the scriptures that we read uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8 are both an encouragement to continue to praise God and also a challenge to uh, remember particularly all that he has uh, done and how he has blessed us in many uh, particular or specific ways. Um, one of the various ways that God uh, uh, expresses his love to us is showering down unique special blessings upon your life. Every family here probably has a story to say about a way, particularly a unique way that God's favor was on your home this past year. And it's one of those ways that God just communicates or reinforces, I love you. And I want to provide for you. I want to bless your life with these particular meaningful experiences. Uh, the giving of thanks, though, is one particular way we demonstrate back to the Lord in saying, Lord, I love you. And so this is our relationship with God. And part of that relationship is the expression of thanks and the receiving of the good gifts that God has uh, for us as his people. And so it's an appropriate season, a time to once again re-think re, uh, through and refocus upon all that God has done and how we can communicate that to the Lord and receive from him once again. As we begin considering the importance or the unique emphasis 
upon this giving of thanks to remember once you've eaten and you and I sit there well satisfied, don't forget the Lord, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 8, we'll read verse 10 once again. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget. What's interesting in the time of thanks is though Thanksgiving kind of comes around once a year, we all know there's a proper time to say thanks, and that's when God has been good to us. It's when you've eaten, when you're satisfied, don't forget to give God thanks. And so we go through life with these moments of of God's favor poured out upon us, or these unique blessings that come our way. It's very appropriate, it's meaningful, it's, it's, it's a safeguard to us to make sure that it's when these things take place we find the timing of giving praise to God. It's, it's when it happens or whenever it happens or as often as you eat and you can't move, remember God was good and his abundance was great. Uh, We know that Thanksgiving, uh, as I mentioned, comes only one time a year, but the scriptures indicate numerous examples of people that chose to particularly say thanks. And it's, it's obviously in coming to the Lord that he gets the credit and he gets the praise. Some of these familiar ones we see in the, the founder of our faith, and that's Abraham. Let's go to Genesis and notice the, the way in which he expressed thanks. And the way he expressed thanks is connected with, I don't ever want to forget this. I want this to be a permanent uh, memorial in my mind and in my heart. And, and though we thank God for a lot of little things, there's some things that you never want to forget. There's things that God has done in your life and done in mine that we never want to forget. That's what brings stability to your faith. It's what gives a sense of concreteness to uh, your commitment and devotion to God. Look in Genesis chapter 12. We, we notice as we look in verses uh, 7 and 8. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give you this land. So he built an altar. And there, there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Notice verse 8. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Now we realize that we may think that that's a little strange in our culture and our time, but it's the concept that he intentionally chose to take a moment and give thanks He carefully built an altar in which this is between you and I, God, and he put the stones together in their arrangement the way that he thought was truly pleasing to God, and he offered something. It cost him something to say, thanks. But this was the attitude that you and I ought to continue to hold, is we want to make sure we say in a proper and appropriate way, thank you to God. The other thing about the altar is after the the offering was over and the aroma was gone, there was a lasting memorial. Those stones will always have a memory behind them. And so there's creative ways that you and I can remind ourselves and reinforce that we remember, we dedicate this time and this place 
It is a sacred thing that God has been really good and I am going to say thanks. And so it was expressed in that very simple and primitive method. And uh, that's what we try to understand. Abraham is, is the expression of faith. He's the example of faith that you and I understand the significance of always remembering. I choose to worship God as an expression. This is about God. And we can do that with our lives. Now, the way that you and I do that in, in a contemporary mode and expression is that we come and we keep before us the mind that we are coming to church for him. I know that we may gain a sense of comfort or reassurance in our faith as you and I come together week after week, but there's one way of expressing this is about God. It's the same as if we're building an altar, we're establishing something. So we always remember that's the place I've met with God for so many years. This is the home that I have chosen to be part of, the community of Christians that I come to declare my thanks, my gratitude towards God. Sometimes people ask you, why do you go to church? What do you need to do every single week? Well, I trust there's an element of truth. I'm going there once again. I'm going to offer myself to God. I'm going to express my thanks once again because it's about God and it's not about me. The motivation to come, the encouragement to come regularly, the, the prompting of coming to give my heart is, this is about God. It's not about me. And when God becomes the focus, that is what thanksgiving is about. It's really not about eating and being satisfied, but yet God does that. It's about remembering where the good things come from. And that's the second point we want to, to look at as we go back to Deuteronomy. Let's turn back there to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8. <clears throat> we'll read verses 11 through 13. <clears throat> Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and you settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands, they've produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and he so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is to this day. Probably one of the big challenges we face as we journey on through life is to uh, not lose sight of the fact that God is the one that gave you the good things. Uh, some of us are, are more attuned to that uh, because we, we live in a way in which we depend on the hand of God every single day or every single week. Others of us that the scriptures are really pertinent to is when God has blessed you so much don't think for one moment, you really were pretty good this year. And I think we know these things, but that's what Thanksgiving is about, is to realign the thought process. If we've begun to lean towards realizing that we've been blessed this year, and because of some good 
good choices we've made or some good hard work we put ourselves into, we realize that our health hangs by strings. Our ability to succeed, it just hangs in the balance. And we're grateful the fact that God still has the strings attached. He still is giving us the grace. And some of us are smiling because you've been through the sifting process this year. You've been through the times when the doctor wasn't giving you so many good reports. We've been through these things and we realize, give thanks. Because it's okay. Give thanks because God has brought us through. Give thanks and not lose sight that it's his grace. It's his blessing. It's his favor. That thanksgiving is an opportunity to guard the heart from any kind of personal feeling like it was something I did or something I acquired or something I made it happen. We are a people who walk in a relationship with him. What's also interesting is we find in in verse 18 is not only uh, that those worship times of coming together giving thanks, it kind of realigns our motives, our attitudes, it brings back perspective, it brings reality before us. But notice also in verse 18 in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, but remember the Lord your God, it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. The one thing we recognize is the beauty of God's blessing is that God has, as, as we, we, we began talking about several months ago, is God has bound himself to bless you. He has committed his goodness and favor on your life and mine when you and I humbly say, Amen. It's strange to think that in a covenant, as we have said it so many times, That a covenant is an agreement between two parties. The one presents all they have to offer and lays it out on the table. And then God lays out everything on the table. He said, this is what I give to you. To stop and think for a moment. That the little pile we put out there. What does it mean to the Almighty? Nothing. And yet everything. It's because part of what we give is a broken heart. And what he gives is a compassionate heart. What we present is a willingness to say, I'm going to trust you. And he gives us all the experiences and all the assurance that he's going to lead us and direct us and take us wherever life ought to be taken so that that broken heart can be a confident heart, a tender heart, a humble heart, a receptive heart, a heart that God is pleased with. And in that covenant, God blesses us for one key reason, according to verse 18. That's to confirm his covenant, to confirm his blessing. So when you look back over life and you realize that God has been good to us, that he has confirmed that what he promised He, in fact, follows through. And what he has said he would give, he gives it. And so here we are at Thanksgiving. It's proper, it's appropriate to say, Lord, I'm not so sure I've been so faithful as I ought to be, but you sure have been faithful. We acknowledge that God has been more generous than he has justifying his behaviors. 
Whether we fall short or not, he seems to compensate for that. He seems to bring us back again. Thanksgiving is a time that the heart gets realigned of not only knowing that the reason we have been blessed is because God has done that all by himself. But we also realize that we are blessed in ways because God wants to show you we can trust him. What is this covenant all about? The covenant is all about the blessing and favor of God on your life and mine. And we come, we give ourselves, we devote ourselves knowing that all that he has promised to do in our life, he is faithful. He is faithful all the time. And so we come at Thanksgiving time to once again establish or reaffirm or confess that God has always indeed been faithful. Now what this covenant ultimately leads us to is what we would note in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. When we think about the great aspect of the covenant, because many times when we think about a covenant relationship, we realize that God has asked us to love him with ourselves completely that it's time like this we look at the covenant that is in the blood of Jesus Christ that what allows us to truly receive all that God intends is that he pay a price to forgive us for all the shortcomings in our lives he has promised to provide a means of forgiving us for all of our sin and as we come and trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross And we humbly come to a place of confessing our sins. He promises to be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, allow me to read in verses 23 and 24 and 5. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We see that God's desire to bless us as his people is so we do not forget. So that we always remember his goodness, his favor, his blessing, his love. It's communion. It's the holy sacraments that bring us back to where our hearts are brought and checked once again. That we humbly realize that all that we have is not because of anything we've done, but it's because of the love and unchanging favor of God that has constantly been communicated to us. And yet the scriptures indicate that we ought to take time to examine our hearts. But what can we do except discover one thing? God's been faithful, and I have not been perfect. And in that covenant agreement, Jesus Christ has laid out on the table more than was necessary. But he gave everything so that whatever is necessary in us being holy and sanctified before him. He did on the cross. So that you and I can have a confidence that if we allow our hearts to be searched and 
we're willing to be honest and genuine about our relationship with him. He has covered it all by his own blood, by his death on the cross, so that we can come and receive all that he's intended to give. And so I believe it's appropriate that we allow ourselves to be still before God for a moment and allow our thoughts to kind of wander over our lives and realize what he's done and who we've become so that we might humbly acknowledge in genuineness and sincerity, Lord, these areas of my life, I once again am surrendering to you. I'm asking for your cleansing. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I'm asking for all that you promised to do so that I might become the kind of person you've intended. Let's pray. Lord, your grace is amazing. And your truth is so real. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins and the sins of every one of us here. Thank you for your shed blood on Calvary. Thank you for your broken body on that cross. We pray, Lord, that you would not only stir within us a holy and sacred desire to live for you, but allow us to be assured that the cleansing is because of your son, Jesus. And we praise you for that. In Jesus' name. I invite the ushers to come forward as we prepare to break.